Would you lower that for me, Tim? Thank you. You can grab a seat. Awesome. I got to lower it a little bit more. I really, I've never had issues in my life ever thinking that I'm short. But every time I get to a, a microphone stand after literally everyone has used it, I always have to bring it down. So anyway, but uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, this morning we come and we gather again, and uh, it is always good. I believe that God wants us to have repetition in worshiping Him, and that's why we gather every week to make sure that our hearts are centered upon Jesus, but also that we are reminded that we are not in this thing alone called life. And when we're reminded of this, we know that we have that evil is real. Evil is real. And we need to combat that evil. The love of Christ and, and what Christ has done for us. That's why Jesus came. He didn't want darkness to always feel like it could win. And as 21 lives were taken in Texas this last week, we have to reflect upon this. We have to see what does this mean for us as the church? What does this mean for us? And so quickly the church can drift into the wrong things. And so quickly we can, in our debates, I'm guilty of this as well, go down the wrong things. But the reality is this. We as followers of Jesus know that life is important and that life shouldn't be taken. We also know that evil is real, but Jesus conquers all evils. And so we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. We know that mental health is something that we are aware of. We talk about this a lot here at the branches. We know that we need to be a whole people. And we need to be whole and we understand that if we take care of our minds and our emotions, we can also have a strong spiritual health as well. And also we believe in the power of prayer here at the branches. It can't be something that's crossed out. But it can't be something that is said that we will do and then we not do. That we need to pray and understand that prayer is the beginning of the action. That God has moved mountains before and God has ceased armies before. God has changed the world through those who fall to their knees and they pray. All of things matter. Prayer is matter. Prayer matters. Life matters. Mental health matters. Evil exists, but goodness of God is bigger. Jesus has specific teachings that he gives to us. One very specific that I'll actually talk about in my sermon. Sorry, this is the, the pre-sermon. But he tells us to love God and to love others. And then he gives very specific things at times throughout the scriptures. Jesus does. And he says that we need to take care of the most vulnerable people. We need to take care of the most vulnerable people. He talks about the elderly. He talks about the widows. He talks about orphans. And he talks about children. The church can never forget to be concerned about these very specific instructions. So the pre-sermon is, is this. It's, it's just this. 
what do we need to do? Right? We keep scratching our heads and wondering what is next. What should we do? Should there be changes made? Yes. Yes. Do we need restoration in our culture today? Yes. Yes, we do. Does the church, the big C church, does it need revival within it? Absolutely, yes. There's a lot to work to do. And we don't get to choose when we were born and the culture that we live in today, but we do get to choose to follow Jesus and His teachings. To step into that boldly and to live out for Christ. So what's the beginning point for us? What's the next thing? Mother Teresa lived in Calcutta, India, where she saw evil happen all the time. And a reporter asked her one time, what is it that we should do? What do we need to do? You see evil every day, and yet you continue with this work. And she turned to this reporter and said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. The first step is to love those right next to you. Love them well. Be gracious to those around you. And then don't let that love stop. Keep that love going. We want to make sure nothing like this ever happens. And I want the church to know this. The church can be a place, again, that can fight for those who need fought for to love on those who have felt that they are no longer loved. As Tim said in our prayer, to make sure that the light of Christ shines upon all the dark corners of this world. That is the call of the church. We do not ignore evil. We face evil together. And we allow for God's love to be what can bring victory to every heart. And let their hearts be warmed. Would you pray with me right now? Oh God, we come to you and we mourn again and we grieve again the loss for a community that is so hard. There are tears that are heavy in our eyes and even heavier to those who have lost a child in this last week. And so Lord, we pray right now that we don't become a static church, that we don't become a silent church, but we also don't just become an arrogant and ignorant church as well but that we be your voice, that we be your actions, that we literally can be your hands and your feet to bring change into this world. A theology without transformation is no theology at all. God, you are about bringing new things daily through your Son, Jesus. Your Holy Spirit equips us to do this. And so we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, it's sort of nice to hear wi uh, the whistles over there. I hope kids aren't getting in trouble at the pool, but it's Memorial Day weekend, and for me, Memorial Day weekend is always this uh, kickoff to the pool season, right? Pools begin to open. How many of you enjoy pool season? Raise your hand if you enjoy pools. Oh my gosh, how many of you kids enjoy the pools? Oh, it's so fun. Uh, but I love it because uh, pools, it's just nice and cool, but there's always some fun things to do. But every time you go to a new pool, there's always instructions on what you can't do, right? The, the, you know where that is. There, it's a pool at the hotel. You see the rules right there. It's like no running around the pool, no diving in the shallow end. The one that still makes me giggle every time I read it, it's always like the last one. It's like no peeing in the pool. 
I don't know why I think that's always so funny, but but we've all done it. Anyway, no, we haven't. No, we haven't, kids. And so, uh, but there's uh, there's all of these rules, right? And it's what you can't do. What you can't do in, in, in how you go about playing in the pool. I think for some of us, as we look at uh, living a life of following Jesus, some of us have been taught that the only way that we can live for Jesus is by not doing certain things. I know that I grew up in a season of, of the church where I had youth pastors tell me what I couldn't do instead of what I should be for, right? And some of us still have this approach to life. Well, if I don't do this, that means I'm a follower of Jesus. This is a misunderstanding of God's teachings to us. I know we can know the famous Ten Commandments and think, oh my gosh, we can't have any fun. But the reality is, is God was protecting us and wanting us to step into a life that He has for us to experience the fullness of what it means to walk with Christ daily. Now my favorite dead theologian, anybody know his name? John Wesley. I maybe quote this guy too many times. You're correct. John Wesley died a long time ago. So, oh well. But, uh, But I love him. And he had this simple thing, and I wanted to, on this on this beautiful day, I wanted to just share a simple message with you all. And he had these three simple rules that he wanted all of us to follow. And he believed that if you would follow these, you would live a life that wasn't concerned about what you can't do, but would live a life that was more of saying, this is what I am for. This is what I'm about. And these three simple rules was do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Can you say that with me right now as you're baking in your chairs? Are you ready? Say, do no harm. Okay, I'll do, yeah, when I say that, I'll say it, then you say it back. We'll be a little call and response. It'll be fun time. Do no harm. Do, no harm. do, good. do good. Stay in love with God. Oh my gosh, think about that and how great it is. But as we break this down, when we start with the first one, where it talks about do no harm. I mean, what he's really getting at here is he's saying, really, do no harm. With the cashier who you might be frustrated with, don't yell at her or him. She doesn't need that. She probably wants to be at a pool right now. Don't be mad that she rung up your corn in the cob wrong. But do no harm. Do no harm in your actions and and do no harm in the things that you say. Make sure you aren't making a situation worse. In the day that we are living in right now, where people really value their opinions and have places to express their opinions, we have forgotten that we can cause harm. And I don't care if you're right sometimes. I mean, I, I think I'm right a lot, but... I just have to stay quiet. No, I'm joking, but no. But there's some times where we don't want to make the situation worse. So in doing no harm, it is being aware that you're not, you're not ignoring the situation. You're just not setting a fire to the situation. There are many things where we can see and have seen in the past that the church has chosen to do harm by ignoring certain things, but in these moments we need to understand how we as followers of Jesus make sure that situations that we place ourselves in come out unharmed, right? I was in Boy Scouts, right? Any of you ever in Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts receive your hands? Oh my goodness, so fun. But one of the things that I remember, there's many things that I remember, one of the things that I remember is that we would never leave a campsite worse than we found it, right? 
You go in and I'm like, it's trashed. I don't have to worry about picking up trash around the fire pit. That is wrong. Apparently our scout leaders made us even pick up cigarette butts. Unbelievable. But we had to leave that situation better than what it was. Just because it may have been bad when we walked into it, we didn't have the free pass to go in and make it worse. We couldn't just go in and harm the area even more. Cut down more trees, burn some of things, and do all that new. We wanted to go in and make it better. And doing no harm, it means it is going to change the system of how things are happening. So that's the first one. The second is do good. Now, a passage that I absolutely love, and I said I would reference it later, and I really think it maybe wrap all three of these together, but I want to read it now for us, is Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Jesus, again, is being questioned by, by the religious authorities, and he has a great comeback. Jesus always does. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the other round of religious leaders that thought they were the hoity-toities, cool people, they got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, trying to challenge Jesus. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And the second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God with everything in you. With everything in you. Everything that's about you points other people to God. And then love your neighbors. Love your neighbors. As I told the graduates last week, if you can learn to love the person on the other side of your dorm room wall, you can learn to love anybody. Which brings us to the second rule, which is to do good. Are we willing to do good to those around us? Are we willing to make situations in our lives better? Are we willing to put in that hard work in the short term and also in the long term? This is a calling from God. This is a, this is the value that God has for us. We understand that we can do good because God is good. In Nahum it says this, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. The goodness of God is something that we can't forget about. This is what we should be all about. It's not the goodness of self. It's not the goodness of nation. It's, not, it's the goodness of God. It's a beautiful thing. When we understand that God is good, it calls us to be reminded that we are made in His image, that we are then called to be good as well. To be good to those around us. To make sure that they know that the goodness of God is for them. God is our refuge. God is the one that we seek after. God is the one that we desire to live for. Even when everything may be spinning out of control in our lives, or we've got, got too many things in our, in our email inbox, or we have too many things going on in our personal lives, we have to land on the understanding that God is good, and God will see us through. And if God is good and will see us through, let us be people and agents of His goodness. Let's be good in the relationships that we live in. Let us be good in the jobs that we do. Let us be good in our neighborhoods. And let us reflect the love of Jesus.
last thing is this. Stay in love with God. I, things that I've been witnessing over the last few years is that I believe people are finding it more easy to fall out of love. Fall out of love seems to be very common these days. Uh, and it's not just with marriages, but I think it's just people who are just falling out of love with a life that they used to have. One of the things that I think is going to make the church stand out more and more these days is the loyalty to love others around them. The loyalty to see things through. There's power in this. I believe that we've seen people say, I don't love my job anymore, I don't love my school anymore, I don't love my brand of phone anymore, but I don't know how that could be possible. I mean, Apple's pretty great. Unless you're coming to Apple. I don't mean to start any fights. But anyway, so, but, but we also see people saying, I don't love my church anymore. We are in seasons of people just moving on. And we've also seen people choose to move on from God. To stay in love with God is not a small task. But yet, this is something that we have to realize. God is always going to stay in love with us. God is always going to stay in love with you. There is nothing that can break that love down. God's love is for us. He's not going to let us slip through the cracks. He's not going to forget about us in our doubts. He's not going to allow for us to think that we can't be loved when we are grumpy with Him. God loves us. And so the call for us is, is what Wesley said so many years ago. He said, but if you just stay in love with God, you'll see the goodness of God. You'll see the purpose that He puts into your life so you won't want to cause harm, but you'll, that you'll make things more joyful around you. Stay in love with God. Love God and love others. In this moment right now, we remember, right? It's Memorial Day. Remember, Jesus loves you. Remember that Jesus cares for you. Remember to put your faith into Christ. Don't abandon Jesus. He will never abandon you. Walk with Jesus in this day and all the days ahead. And the goodness of God will flow in you and flow from you. And the joy of the Lord will be upon us. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we come before you now and we come knowing that you are our Savior. That you warm our hearts. That you move us into a direction of following you. And we pray right now for, for those of us who have just wondered, where am I, Lord? Where is your goodness? Let us just stop and pause and say, Lord, be the Lord of my life now. Be the Lord of my life now. Let me do no harm. Let me do good. And let me stay in love with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being here today. Um, 
we have popsicles over here, right? Are they over here? Come on over, grab a popsicle. Popsicles for everybody, cool down. Your body temperature needs to come down. So grab a popsicle and, and then hang out and then you can head on out. I just want to say as we leave this place, let us leave knowing that God loves us. Oh yeah. And we do this by taking communion that I don't have in my pocket right now. Oh my goodness. If you were able to grab communion, you all have communion. Oh, here she is. Everybody give Elsie an applause. Thank you, Elsie. As we take communion right now, and we don't want to, we want to remember <laughs> what Christ has done for us. But we were reminded that Christ, before He went to the cross, He sat around the table the night before with His disciples, and they broke bread, and they shared the cup. And Jesus told them, this is my body that is broken for you, and this is my blood that is spilled for you. Take and do as often as you can in remembrance of me. We remember what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has taken our sins, He has taken our burdens, and He has allowed for us to be made new. You are no longer defined by your mistakes, your sins. If that happened on the drive here this morning, or if that happened 20 years ago, you can be forgiven and made new. So as we take this time, and as we pray for, for this communion, we reflect on how the love of God for us is so great that He allowed for His one and only Son to come into this world to free us from our sins, to make us new, to live with Him now and forever in heaven. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before You with thankful hearts. We also come before You asking for Your forgiveness. We ask that You remove the sin and the shame in our lives through Your grace. Allow for us to no longer carry these burdens with us. We know we're not perfect. And so in the stillness of this time, in the quietness of our hearts, we repent, we turn from them, and give them over to you. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We pray right now that as we remove the sins from our heart, that you will fill us up with your love that you will mend a brokenness that we might have had, and that you will make us whole again. For you are good, and your love endures forever. In your name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ spilled for you. Take and drink. Oh, holy God, as we leave this place, let us leave with you leading us. Let us be your light in the midst of darkness. Allow for us to walk boldly with you. Have a gentle boldness in our hearts. Let us share the love of Jesus wherever we go. But as we enter the mission field, we enter knowing that you are with us, that you will lead us, and that you will provide grace upon our lips so that we can speak joy into this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings on you all. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week inside. But go get a popsicle. They're so, so good. Anyway, blessings upon you all. <laughs>